finds Rose. Rose trying to get open, fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! Inside the 30, Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Here's the 01. This is going to be a tough play. everybody welcome inside the gold to goat podcast i am jordan and i'm going to be playing the role of host tonight giving reese a little night off and honestly it's just because i know nothing about the topic that we were going to be discussing tonight <laughs> so i'm just going to be setting up the boys i got reese and jay with me tonight you guys doing all right fellas yes sir doing good ready for for some march madness we got a couple of days off before we get started so yeah um, absolutely. i'm ready Jay's back there caressing his hair. You doing all right, buddy? You ready for this or this is late the for you? greatest this is the greatest time of the year in March. Right now. This is the greatest time of the this. year in March. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right. Well, it is a big, big sports day. Um, especially in the NFL. We got the brackets coming out last night, and we are going to be spending most of our time talking some March Madness with Jay and Reese, getting their opinions about the bracket and their, you know, their potential Cinderella's and all those good things. I'm sure we're going to have some heated Illinois basketball talk at some point. Um, but we are going to start with some big news concerning our team, the Chicago Bears, and what they did in free agency today. Um, I texted the boys this morning how excited I was about free agency, and they were busting on me because I wasn't caring about March Madness. But I expected the Bears to do something big. They doubted, but here they did it. They did something big. They made some big signings today. Uh, they've signed four players. The big one for me was Tremaine Edmonds for four years, 72. I did not expect this at all. I did not expect Tremaine Edmonds to end up on the Bears um, but here we are. I'm excited about it. I like that signing quite a bit, considering we didn't have to pay Roquan Smith. Another guy, our first signing of the offseason that I was pretty excited about, I wasn't expecting either, um, is TJ Edwards from, from the Eagles, coming off a Super Bowl uh, appearance with the Eagles. We signed him at a good value for three years and $19 million. Nate Davis, a guard from the Titans, we signed for three years and $30 million. Demarcus Walker. Uh, just broke here a little bit ago, a defensive end, had seven sacks last year, had 16 hurries, which both would have led the Bears defense last year. How sad is that, that Jaquan Brisker, who missed some time and played safety, led the Bears in sacks last year. So it's good to upgrade that position. Demarcus Walker signed a three-year, $21 million deal. And obviously another big uh, addition to this team, although it was via trade, was DJ Moore. Uh, through that trade the other day. If you haven't caught that reaction, be sure to, to catch that on the pod. Uh, DJ Moore, obviously a big addition at a position of need for the Chicago Bears. So I told the boys just before we came on, that's five starters that, that Ryan Poles has, has locked up here in the first few days of the offseason. Uh, technically, the new league year hasn't even started, but he's already making moves. Is there anybody in particular uh, on that list so far that, that sticks out to you guys that you're excited about, maybe you didn't expect, or 
maybe you, you don't like a signing. Is there anybody on that list that, that stands out to you guys for any reason? Go ahead, Jay. What do you think, buddy? No, I think they're I think they're all good good signings. Um, I think we need we we have to do some work on the O line and the defensive line. I uh, I think that's the two things that I don't necessarily want to get taken care of in the draft. I feel like we need to sign some people with some experience to kind of upgrade those positions. But I mean, I think they're good signings. I think the best move so far even though i think we could have gotten more and we won't we won't have to talk about this in detail tonight but i I think trading the one for picks and dj Moore has been the best move that pulls us on this offseason uh i still think we could have gotten more for that um but he doesn't have my vote of confidence yet until he signs back robbie gold so until he does that um i'm gonna be uh talking bad about polls until he signs Robbie Gold. Bring him back. Bring, Bring him, back. him back. Bring, Bring him, him back. back. Yeah, no, Robbie. I'm kidding. He's 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 doing great. I think he's this is his first offseason. I think I think he's crushing it. Um I would just well, like to see Robbie Gold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean this is his first offseason where he's you know he's adding to the roster instead of tearing stuff down and trading guys away. So what I've, what I've liked so far, and Reese, I'll get to you here in a second. What I've liked so far, though, is the value of these uh, of these guys that he's got. You know, uh, Jay, I understand, you know, thinking we could get more. Uh, well, we literally did get more, but uh, thinking we could get more out of the trade. Uh, yeah, give me the give me the drums there. But um, so I understand that. But even DJ Moore's contract is a great value. Um, this guy is getting paid. I think the stat I saw is he's literally getting paid less than Kenny Galladay. So that's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see that you're getting the value for a guy like that. And you've upgraded your wide receivers so much. The TJ Edwards, Nate Davis, DeMarcus Walker, you know, those aren't huge money signings. The Tremaine Edmonds contract is, is very front loaded. So after these first two seasons, it's going to be relatively easy to get out of that, which is going to be important. Um, when it comes time to pay Justin Fields, if he indeed uh, earns that second contract. Uh, Reese, what do you think, buddy? Any of these guys really stick out to you? Somebody excites you? Uh, how do you think Ryan Poles is doing here in the first first day of free agency? Yeah, I, I would give him, you know, a, a, probably a B plus. I think he had a lot of good moves today. Um, the Tremaine Edmonds thing, his deal, I think that's the best, the best signing. Obviously, you get – a guy that's very similar to Roquan Smith. He's a little bit younger. You get him a little bit cheaper. Um, and with that, the way that contract works out, just like you said, you know, it's, it's front loaded. So when it is time to pay Justin Fields, which hopefully, you know, he has a, a good year and, and that year is next year, um, you have the ability to do that. Um, outside of that, I think, you know, they're all like solid moves. I think they were all moves, you know, that he needed to make. Um, I didn't want to overpay for anyone. We have the ability to do that um, just with the cap space. You know, we, we got to spend some money, but I didn't want to see him to get any into any bad contracts and just kind of take up some dead cap space for no reason, right. um, which I think could have been easy to do. I think we saw them let a couple guys uh, walk away. Uh, I think Mike McGlinchey, I think, you know, they maybe could have made him an offer that, you know, what else could it be? But do you really want to overpay him, you know? 
I think, you know, I, I think the reason we haven't seen Orlando Brown Jr. go anywhere is because they're trying to work a deal out with him. You know, and he's still really young. That's a real, uh, that, that would be a really good signing. But you don't want to get yourself in the bad position. So right. I think I think he's done a really good job so far. Um, you know, I, like Jay said, I, I really would like to 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 um, strengthen up both of our offense and defensive lines. Um, I think that's kind of the next priority. If we can get that taken care of before the draft, especially the the offensive line, I think that's kind of the, the main objective. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. The value signings, what we want to see uh, a Ryan Poles do. You know, you don't want to to pull a Ryan Pace and just overpay guys just because you can. I mean, that's not right. I mean, you gotta you gotta spend money. You gotta make this team better. And I think he did um, here in the first several hours of free agency. Um, and the the great thing to me, you know, about the the DJ Moore trade, another another benefit, um, is the pick that you get back from the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, they traded away uh, Christian McCaffrey last year. They traded away DJ Moore. Now um, their defense is okay. Uh, they're going to have a rookie quarterback, but that rookie quarterback is probably going to have worse weapons than than Justin Fields had last year. You know, so we saw how that played out. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what their offensive line situation is. And obviously bad quarterback play can make an O-line look even worse. So you, you don't really know what what quite the situation is. But I, I would think Carolina's not going to win very many games last year or next year. Um, and if that's the case, that could end up being a top five, top seven pick in next year's draft. Um, and you've you've – figured out a way to allow Justin Fields to have another season with some weapons and a better O-line, a better team around him. And if he is unable to prove to you that that he's ready to to be your franchise quarterback, you're going to be in a position to where you have two first-round picks. And if you really wanted to, you could trade up in the draft and get a Caleb Williams um, if you want to hit the reset button with a quarterback in next year's draft or something like that. So I think that's kind of a safety net. Obviously, you hope that Justin Fields just goes off and is clearly your your starter for the long term future, because then you're really set up, and and maybe next year you can use that that high high pick on a guy like a Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, because Claypool and Mooney are both on expiring contracts. You know, so right. I I doubt we're paying both of those guys. Uh, but you're going to need more weapons, and if you have your quarterback, you're definitely going to be able to build a better team. So uh, so that was the big news for the Bears. I promise that at some point this week we're going to get more in-depth to NFL free agency. I know there were some other pretty big deals that happened um, that, that affect the Bears. One, one of the bigger ones, just because of the placement of the team in the draft, was, was Jimmy G to the Raiders, which I think all of us probably could have predicted happening with uh, the Josh McDaniels connection and obviously the Raiders needing a quarterback. Um, but that affects the Bears because obviously they pick ahead of the Bears in the draft and that's one less team that needs a quarterback. Um, so so what does that do for you guys? You guys agree with the size of, of Jimmy's contract there? I think it was, what, three years, 67 or 60, 63, something like that. Um in my opinion, was a, a little rich. But uh, what do you think, Jay? You think that's a good contract for the Raiders? I mean, Jimmy G's a winner on the field. 
What do you think, though? Absolutely. They're getting what I mean, what's the most important position in the NFL? QB. And what we're, I mean, listen, the reality is Jimmy G and Derek Carr, they're kind of the same quarterback. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that Jimmy G is like going to take the Raiders to the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. But he is going to put them in contention. I think they're in the toughest division in the NFL. So, like, that kind of stinks for them because they're behind the Chargers and the Chiefs. I think it's a good deal. I think it's a good deal for Jimmy G. All he does is win. He's, like, 40 and 17 since 2016. Uh, I saw, like, a stat today on ESPN that he's the fourth winningest quarterback in the past since 2016 behind Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady. Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty, pretty big company. I understand injury woes. I, I get all that. Um, but I, I think it's a good deal for both, for both parties involved. Reese, what do you think, buddy? You agree with everything Jay just said? Yeah. You know, I think, I think it's a, it's an L for Jimmy G going to that division. You know, you could sign with the Panthers and you, you could be in that division, which your toughest competition would be, would be Derek Carr, which no hate to Derek Carr, but. I mean, you know, that's just not the strongest division. I, you know, I just – the Raiders are – they've just become a pathetic organization over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. And, yeah. you know, to voluntarily go there, um, I, I mean, you know, I think he's going to do good. I think he's a decent quarterback and he'll be good wherever he goes. I just don't know that that's the place where I would go if I was, you know, that kind of, you know, maybe like top 15 – maybe bump in the top 10 in the QBs. Right. I just don't know that that would be my preferred destination. Well, and the thing is... It... I think... I think... Hold on. I agree with you. I don't know if we can say the man's taking an L, though. He, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can take an L with that contract, I mean, but... Yeah. I think he's saying in regards to the... I understand what the, you're saying, the but like, dude's the getting paid. Yeah. Dude is getting paid. In the yeah. concept of the division, right. the context of the division, and he's not going to win a Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Right. He's not even yeah. going to win the AFC West in Las Vegas. He's not. So right. I understand. I just like wanted to clarify. Yeah, no. Yeah. Dude's not taking an L on it, life. The, the thing is, though. <laughs> His football the, career is. It, right. There we go. There we go. Well, I mean, he's only going to play half the games anyway, so he'll be all right. The thing is, which is even more to my point that he's not taking an L. <laughs> right, right. Well, he could be taking an L if he gets hit in the mouth too hard. But I think the thing is about Jimmy G too. I mean, we can't pretend like the Raiders don't have some weapons. You know, like they do have Darren Waller. They they do have Devontae Adams. They do have Josh Jacobs. You know, so I'm not saying that those guys are like that is a good enough reason to to go to the Raiders or anything like that but he does have, at least have weapons it's not like i mean if you're if it's me dude and i'm picking a team obviously you wish you weren't in that division but i'd rather be throwing the ball to Darren Waller and Devontae Adams and Hunter Riffro and handing the ball off to Josh Jacobs than going to whatever Carolina's doing so uh, i think i think it's a good deal for Jimmy obviously We'll see uh, what ends up happening with uh, the Raiders. And I'm still not convinced that Josh McDaniels is a very good coach. 
so we'll see we'll see what ends up happening with that um but that affects the bears because it's one less one less team in front of them in the draft that needs a quarterback um obviously not every team is going to need a quarterback and there's really only four worth drafting that high so they're going to be taken i think in the first you know four or five picks we're going to be able to uh we're going to be able to see those quarterbacks getting taken off, whether that was going to be the Raiders or it's going to be another team that trades up. Um, so, and then obviously, you know, we got some other things going on in the NFL that we will get to. Is there any other uh, particular player you would like to discuss at this moment before we move on and get into our March Madness? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers and his craziness at another time. So, that's Aaron Rodgers. There's no news there. That's just expected. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is literally holding two teams hostage. And then he's going to complain about it halfway through the season that the Jets didn't do enough to compete. After he retires. Right. All right. So let's move on to March Madness, baby. I wish we had the one shining moment song that we could play right now. Because that would be that would be a beautiful transition. There we go. There it is. Yeah. Ooh, I'm, I may add that. I may add that in the edit. We'll see. There you go. There you go. Um, all right, guys. Well, we had the brackets that came out last night. It's always an exciting time when the brackets come out. Uh, the very first question you must ask whenever you're talking about the brackets is, did they get it right? With any tournament, um, whether it's college football or anything like that, you're asking the question of, did whoever was selecting these teams get it right? And um, it doesn't matter what size of a field you have. Uh, we see it all the time in these types of tournaments. Um, so I want to ask both of you. Uh, we'll start with Reese on this one. Buddy, is there any team that you felt like uh, got in that didn't deserve it? And if so, which team would you replace them with? And, and give me a quick reason why. And then as soon as he gets done, Jay, why don't you just you hop in and, and give us your thoughts? Go ahead, Reese. I think – as far as who got in, they mostly got it right. I would put in Rutgers over Nevada. Uh, Rutgers definitely deserved to be in this. I know recently they've kind of been on a downward spiral, but Nevada to me doesn't have the resume. They don't have the strength of schedule. They don't have um, a better overall um, argument to be in the, the field of 68 over Rutgers. To me, that is the only like glaring thing to me. The other of the first four out, you know, I think you can make an argument, um, you know, but this isn't like, like in college football, you know, to make a bowl game, you have to have six wins. If you don't have six wins, like you're not making a bowl game. To me, like this is a little bit different, but those other teams just didn't have quite the same, same argument that Rutgers had. Rutgers was, I think they were three and one in quad one games, um, which is better than, um, you know, I think it was like, I think it was 48 other teams that are in the, the tournament. So, you know, to me, I know they had some bad losses, but to me, they, they deserve to be in there. Outside of that, I think they got everybody who's in the tournament right, um, except for where FAU was seated. FAU got absolutely hosed after an amazing season that they have had. To put them in that quad, I mean, it's just, I, I hate that they have to go through 
that that side of the bracket. I, I to me, like other than that, I think they did pretty well. Um, I know Jay's probably going to disagree with that, but I think overall they did pretty well. But I, I, I do think Rutgers should have been in for sure, and FAU did not deserve to be where they are. All right, Jay, what do you think, buddy? Yeah, no, I, I actually, I actually agree with all those things. I think, uh, Rutgers should have been in. I, I, I don't really understand how Rutgers isn't in, especially because they, they beat Purdue, uh, they beat Indiana, they, they beat teams. They, they do have bad losses. Like they, they had some bad losses in the beginning of the season. Uh, they haven't been playing super great towards the end of the season. Um, but Rutgers should have been in. I, I'm, I'm just going to change, like, change the narrative a little bit, just, like, maybe have a differing opinion and maybe, like, bring up another team that shouldn't have been in. I think I would have taken out that, NC that State. That should have or shouldn't? That shouldn't have made it. I would have taken okay. out NC State and put in Rutgers over NC State um, just to kind of change it up from from what Reese said. I, I agree as well. I don't think Nevada should have been in either. Um, I think those are the two teams um, that I would have taken out. I think, like like I said, you can leave one in. I think Rutgers should have made it. Uh, I think it's asinine that they're not in it, if, if I'm being completely honest. Um, and then I think FAU should have been like a six seed. And, and the same with Memphis, that game that, that it's the eight nine game. Uh, what 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 bracket is that in the uh, East. the East? That's a a pretty horrible eight nine matchup, just in the sense that both of those teams are underseeded, in my opinion. Um, and the complete, the complete and utter disrespect for Texas A and M. I do not understand the disrespect that Texas A&M is getting from the committee. I understand, like, that that's a tough matchup against Penn State in that first round. I, I think they're going to lose to Penn State. Uh, as an Illinois fan, we all know the heartache of Penn State and how yeah. and how truly good Jalen Pickett is. I, I think, think that's just wounds talking right now. I think he's it's a matchup nightmare. Penn State's playing some of the best ball they've played all year. So I, I'm having. I actually have Penn State beating Texas A&M in the first round, but I I think it's absolutely ridiculous that the number two team in the SEC, which we, I would say potentially, the second best conference in college basketball this year, for sure top three cop conference in college basketball, the second team in the SEC is ranked seventh. Horrible, absolutely horrible that there are seven seed. All right. Well, I think overall, though, you guys think that they got the field right with the exception of Rutgers. Um, I think just based on what you guys have said, what I've heard other people say as well is is that a lot of people had Rutgers in the tournament, um, and, and that didn't end up happening. Um, so, you know, there's always that team that you, you think should have made it. Um, every single year, there's one team at least that we feel like should be in it that it's not. It, this just happens to be Rutgers' year. Um, so let's go ahead and start. You know, <coughs> I'm sorry. 
Let's go ahead and start with the first four. Uh, the first four games, we'll start with the game that Reese said he felt like Rutgers probably should have at least been in in place of Nevada. Arizona State, Nevada. Uh, we also got Mississippi State versus Pittsburgh. You got Texas Southern versus Fairleigh Dickinson. Texas A&M CC versus Southeast Missouri State. Uh, who do you guys like to come out of that? Who's the best team in, out of those out of those eight teams there that you feel like, um, you know, we've seen teams go from first four to final four. Well, one at least. Uh, so, what are those teams? Is there any team in there that you feel like could could one just get in? You know, what you're confident is getting into the the normal field, and you feel like could win a couple games. Is there anybody that sticks out to you, or you guys just feel like these teams are they'll make it out, but they're one and done once they do? Reese, what do you think, buddy? Is there anybody in there um, you're, you're feeling confident in? Yeah, I think I think Pitt has kind of had a really up and down season. I think they could put it together. Um, I think they could. Um, I, I think they would definitely win that that first first four game. Um, the other team that I really liked was Texas Southern. I didn't really watch them much, but I did watch them um, in that championship game that they were in, um, and they looked really really good. And I know you know it's a mid major conference. It's not you know your high high-level Power 5 conference game. Um, but what I saw, I really liked uh, you know, what, they, what they looked like. Um, I think the, the fun pick would be Texas A&M CC. I think they're, um, I, I think they're, you know, being the Islanders in, in the middle of Texas. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where they're at. They may be, like, on the coast or something. Corpus obviously, Christi, baby. Obviously, Corpus both. Christi. Obviously, both of those teams. You know, that you just mentioned there, Texas Southern or Texas A&M CC. Both those teams are, if they make it, they're going to be playing a one seed. So yeah. obviously, that doesn't necessarily help. You know, anything at all. So yeah, that's that's why I like it. I think. Um, I think you know, being in the ACC, they they definitely won some good games. They didn't have any. Uh, they had some bad losses as well. Yeah. Um, but I think out of that that first four group, I think they have the, the best chance of, you know, winning one or two games. Okay. Jay, what do you think, buddy? You think anybody in there who's got a chance to yeah, make I, a run? Yeah, well, I, I agree with that. I think, I mean, Je- Jeff Capel has done a phenomenal job in Pittsburgh. The, you know, what, like three, four years that he's been there, he's really turned that program around. Um, I think the Texas Southern matchup is super interesting to me. Just because, like, they're tied. They lost 20 games this year. Like, they're tied right. for the most losses for an NCAA tournament team in, in the history of the tournament. And also, like, they're playing a team in Fairleigh Dickinson that actually didn't even win their conference tournament. Right. Um, so that that's just, like, a really – it's just interesting to me that that's, like, there's got to be some form of history, I, I would imagine, that be, because of those two. And I think, and I think too, like – the most the matchup that I like I just don't care about is the Arizona State Nevada, just based on the fact of like Nevada shouldn't be in and Arizona State is in because they hit a half court buzzer beater against Arizona, like they're literally a bounce away from not being in the tournament. Like they're both going to get slaughtered in the second in the first round in the round of sixty eight or the round sixty four, excuse me. Like I I just think that like it's not intriguing to me at all because neither of them should be in the tournament in my opinion. 
Yeah, um, so whoever, but I think, whoever I think wins Pittsburgh, that plays. I think Pittsburgh might make some noise. They play Iowa State, and Iowa State, I mean, in my opinion, comes they, they come from the toughest conference in college basketball this year. So I, I think they have a tough draw, the toughest draw out of those first other outside of the one sixteen matchup. I'm talking about the, the, the two eleven games. I think the, the Iowa State draw is a pretty tough one. Um, and, I mean, TCU is a pretty tough one, though, too, now that I, now that I actually say that. Right. I mean, um, Iowa State will turn you over, though. Iowa State's yeah, they defense. Will. I mean, their defense is incredible. They they fly around, they turn you over, and they're efficient with the ball after after they turn you over. So I would agree with you there that Iowa State is is a really tough draw for anybody that that ends up playing them. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead. Hey, uh, real quick. Real yeah, quick, go ahead, brother. I totally forgot to mention. It is a crime. I can't believe I forgot this. That my University of Toledo Rockets are not in the tournament. It is 100%. Outrageous. They're 16 and 2 in conference play. Those two losses were to Kent State, and their only loss in the tournament was in the championship game against Kent State. They have three conference losses. I mean, to me, like, there's nothing else you can do. If you're, I mean, obviously, you can win your, your conference tournament. But if you're a mid-major team, especially like the MAC, like the MAC is kind of like the top tier of your mid-major conferences, to win your regular season title, to be in the championship game, and to only have two regular season losses, and that's to the same team, like you, that I, I don't know what we're doing if they don't if they don't make it in. Well, and yeah. it's and it's, I mean, we talk about this. I mean, it's it's the same conversation in college football as it is in college basketball as it is across all college sports. The, the Power Five getting love. And the mid majors not getting love. Like the reality is, for whatever reason, the committee thought it was great to give the Mountain West some love, when the Mountain West is literal trash, literal trash. I agree with you. I think it is crazy. There was even talk that if Charleston didn't win their conference tournament, that they wouldn't have been in the tournament. That would have been ludicrous. Absolutely. Which that's like obviously like a. Like a hypothetical, they they won, so they got the automatic bid. But like, there was talk that they weren't going to make it if they didn't win their tournament. Which again is, we're talking about a team that was ranked in the top twenty-five, right? During the span of the season, and we're saying, right. which like I understand, like that we can't, like look at North Carolina, like I understand, like teams fall off, but like Charleston didn't fall off. Like they they lost one game, which knocked them out of the top twenty-five, and then they kept winning after that. So I agree with you. I, I do think that is one that I actually I actually had that written down as well. Toledo should be in this tournament, and they're not. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead. Let's let's roll on with with this conversation a little bit about um, getting it right. I'll just ask you real quick. Just give me a, a quick yes or no. Do they get our number one seeds right? You you okay with Alabama being the number one overall seed? Purdue. Kansas, Houston, you guys, you guys cool with those four teams being a number one? Is there anybody you felt like should be over them? Real quick, yes or no? I feel like you both got the same answer on this one. Oh, they got it right, I think. Is yeah, I think they got it right. I think I maybe I could maybe make a case for Kansas getting bumped off because yeah. they're horrible loss to Texas and maybe putting in Marquette because they are conference champion. Yeah. Um, and they played so well. But I think the body of work that Kansas had, I think they did get it right. 
Yeah, a couple of pods ago, uh, we were talking about a little bit about March Madness, and you guys both had mentioned the fact that Marquette was no higher than a three was was a crime. So I'm sure you're both happy to see them at least on the two line, uh, based off of what I know about the teams that are our are, are top picks or our top seeds. You know, I feel like it's a pretty a pretty even uh, selection there. I don't I don't think that there's any glaring. Uh, bad decisions there. I will um, say this about Kansas real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I know Bill Self was out for that tournament. Um, I think he had some type of heart procedure. Um, they did say he's going to coach uh, this week. So just saying I wouldn't be shocked if they don't play well against Howard. And I, I'm sure we'll get into some Illinois talking a little bit. But, I mean – you know, with him not being a hundred percent, and him being as as boisterous of a coach he is, you know, I, I think you could you could see some repercussions of that. It's the most also Illinois props thing ever. to Kansas. Props to Kansas for keeping under wraps that their coach was having heart surgery the week of the Big Twelve tournament. Right. Right. <laughs> How did That's that not get wild? Well, they said it was an illness. Like <laughs> that. That is not an illness. No, that, that is wild. Hip violation. So right the thing about Kansas, the thing about Kansas though, is their their interim coach that you know took over for the tournament. He's he also coached when when Self was suspended. He's he's been with Self. I, I forgot about that. Kansas is pretty good about keeping things under wraps. <laughs> right, right. Kansas is very good about keeping my things bad, under wraps. My bad. I forgot about that. Anymore, you're, you're just jealous that that Bill Self is not keeping things under wraps for Illinois anymore. Absolutely, hundred so. percent. <laughs> So, uh, but their their interim coach, the guy that will be coaching, you know, has obviously been with Bill Self for a really long time. So, uh, I'm sure that that shouldn't affect him too much against Howard. And I know you're probably not saying you know they're going to lose that game or anything, but no. um, obviously, anytime you're missing your your coach, you know that that's going to affect you. Listen, on, I on could some coach level. Kansas against Howard, and they would still win. All right. Yeah, mm, I, don't know. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to go that far yet. So, I've seen all right, y'all. Well, let's let's go ahead. Let's uh, let's just Those do this real quick. Do right. teach, so. so, what we're gonna do is we're gonna run we're gonna run through the regions real quick. Um, you guys, I I think what we'll, how we're gonna do this is I want you we'll kind of pick the first two rounds, and then we'll we'll kind of take a step back and then we'll we'll see where we're at and if we have the time to continue on and get to our get to our later picks, we'll go ahead and do that as well. So. Let's go ahead and let's just start with our number one overall seed. Obviously, you're both um, – I think you're probably leading towards Alabama in their first game against whichever opponent comes out of the first four, uh, Texas A&M, CC, or Southeast Missouri State. Uh, we got Maryland. Biter. It will be a nail-biter. Watch. That will be the game that Alabama loses. Uh, you got West Virginia, Let's San hope. Diego State or Maryland and West Virginia, I'm sorry, the 8-9 game, and then San Diego State, Charleston, which I, I feel like you're both going to find a lot of interesting things to talk about in that game, and then Virginia and Furman. So out of those uh, eight teams there, which which team do you think is going to is gonna show out? And uh, any big upsets there? You guys think Charleston has a chance to upset San Diego State, Furman against Virginia? Are we looking at another another big upset from Virginia in the tournament? Um, what do you guys think out of those that round of games right there? Jay, what do you think, buddy? I mean, I want Alabama to lose just because I 
hate Alabama. They're obviously going to win. I think they get to the Sweet 16. Um, I actually think Charleston beats San Diego State, and I think Furman's going to beat Virginia. All right. I have have both of those teams, and then then I actually have uh, – Furman I'm proud, I'm proud to Arkansas say that I'm actually, I'm sorry, the Sweet 16. Repeat what playing, you just I'm said. sorry, not Arkansas. Playing Alabama in the Sweet 16, excuse me. Okay. Um, but yeah, Furman. I think I think 12 and 13 both win their win their games in, in the first round. All right. I'm proud to say that I have watched a Furman game this year. So I'm on board, bro. Oh, Furman's scary. I'm on board. They're I'm good. on board with that. So, and Virginia's uh, overrated. Yeah, I feel like Virginia Clark, Clark and Tony right. Bennett. Virginia, I feel like is always kind of that team that nobody really sees winning, you know, um, just because of the style of basketball that they play. Um, Charleston, I know, is a big favorite of your guys' as well throughout the season. I know Reese has talked about them quite a bit, so I'm not shocked to see you guys be uh, picking Charleston over San Diego State. I think that's going to be a pretty common 12-5 upset pick by a lot of people. Potentially, Charleston – you know, being underseated uh, definitely hurts San Diego State in that game. And Reese, the Mountain West is trash. <laughs> Reese, what do you think, buddy? I could see the case where you have San Diego State as the 12 seed and Charleston as the 5 seed. <laughs> oh, Ooh, ouch. Shots fired. Pew, pew. Listen, yeah, I got Reese, Bama. Reese. I got I got Maryland beating West Virginia. Um, I think Alabama goes to the Sweet 16. Um, and then – I have Charleston. I do have Furman beating Virginia as well. So we'll have a 12-13 uh, battle in the round of 32. Uh, I do think Charleston gets that win as well, though. So, yeah. So you got so you have Charleston, Alabama. I do. Okay, Jay. You said you had Furman. I have I have Bama and Furman. Bama and Furman. All right. So we're, that wouldn't we're going, surprise me. We're going big upsets there with the 5-12 and the 4-13. So. We will, I think, we'll see. I think, I think the reason for that, though, is like Charleston is, they're underseeded. Like, it's, yeah. So is Furman. Like, I understand why Furman's a 13. Like, I can see the case for it because they haven't had quality wins. Like, I get it. But, like, yeah. I don't know. It's a joke. Virginia's yeah, overseeded let me, let me as well. Let me say this before we go any farther. I hope my bracket is busted on day one. Me too. Right. Is, what I, is what I live for. Upsets like, are amazing, dude. especially being an Ohio State fan. And my team's not in it. I'm just rooting for everybody to lose. Like, you everybody. That, that just like, if I could get Ohio State that. to beat Alabama in the first round, right. I would love it, dude. Right. Love it, dude. Just Never absolutely happened. love they, it. They would have to be in the tournament to do that. But. <laughs> right. That's kind of like Illinois football. Never invited to anything. So, and dude, on just, the up and up, though. They are on the up and up. I will give you that. Coach B is doing some good work at Illinois. Big so, 10. all right, we're gonna have to move. We're gonna have to move quicker to get through all of these. So, three champions. The, the bottom, the bottom of this bracket to me is is pretty interesting. Uh, you got Creighton and NC State. You both felt like NC State shouldn't have been in the tournament, so I feel like you're both leaning Creighton on that one. You got a a, a pretty good team in Baylor who plays some good defense. Can can be hit or miss at times. Um, can really show out, but uh, has struggled at other times. Uh, they're playing UCSB, uh, Missouri, Utah State, Arizona, Princeton. So I think, in my opinion, 
my humble opinion, Arizona is the team to beat on that bottom section. Obviously, with them being the two seed, that would be the logical answer. But what do you guys think? Is there a team in particular that you feel like uh, can beat that top seed in, in that bottom part of the bracket, or, or is this going to be pretty much chalk? Reese, we'll start with you, bud. Yeah, so I have I have Creighton winning over NC State. I do have Baylor winning over uh, UC Santa Barbara. My team to beat in this this uh, this quad down here is Missouri, and I hate saying that as an Illinois fan, but Missouri has kind of been the uh, the underdog of the year that just kind of flew under the radar. They have some really good wins. I think they beat Tennessee uh, either once or twice. Um, I mean, they've got some really good wins. So I I do think Missouri beats Arizona, um, and they'll they'll face Baylor in that Sweet 16 game. All right, that's interesting, Jay. What do you think, buddy? <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, I think Creighton. Well, I think Creighton will win. I, I think again, NC State being in is a joke. Um, I think I think Arizona comes out of this bottom part which pains me to say. Uh, but I, I, I think I actually think Arizona is going to be in a, in a tough, tough game with Princeton. If I'm being completely honest, I think they win that one by like nine points. I think that's going to be a tough game for, for Arizona, but I think they do. Win. Do you think, do you think that's going to be uh, one of those games where it's like a nine point lead the whole game, or is it going to be one of those no, games where they're? No, I think they're, they're going to pull away towards the end just because they have that experience and they have, I mean, they they have better athletes than yeah. Princeton does. That's just the reality. No offense to the Ivy League, but no, we see that a lot. We see that a lot with these um, these higher seeds. If we, you know, there's there's only been one 16 upset at one, but if we counted the number of times that a 16 seed was up at a halftime. Or something like that. I'm I'm sure that number is significantly higher. Um, and at yeah. the end of the day, these athletes end up winning out because these teams are just deeper and better. Um, so anybody can play with anybody for a half, but most of the time, you know, those teams just run out of steam and they just can't get it done. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead. You got anything else to add there, Jay? Before we move on, buddy. All right. I so, think I I do. I think I think Baylor's gonna be have a pretty early exit. It, um, see, that's the thing for me is Baylor. I feel like I feel like Baylor could go on a run. I've watched Baylor a couple times this year. Like they have the potential to go on a run and beat Arizona, make it to the Elite Eight. But I mean, it's just really what team shows up. I think up. they're gonna have trouble with Creighton. I think Creighton but, is always underrated. So um I'm a I'm a fan of Creighton basketball most of the time. So all right, let's go ahead and let's move down to the East region. Uh, and there we have Purdue playing either Texas Southern or Fairleigh Dickinson. We have Memphis playing Florida Atlantic, which we've already touched on quite a bit. We have Duke playing Oral Roberts, Tennessee playing Louisiana. Anybody there that you guys are that you guys are excited to see a matchup that you're excited to to watch? Um, obviously, you both feel like Florida Atlantic was was underseeded. Um, who do you think is going to be upset in that part of the bracket? So this this is maybe a little bit of a hot take. Maybe a little bit of a hot take. I think FAU beats Purdue in the second round. I have the same thing. Yes, go, boy! 
they have a big man uh, and Golden, dude's big. He's 7-1. He matches up well with Edie. And, like, let's be honest, like, Purdue has a young backcourt. And that doesn't normally translate well in the tournament. They have Edie and they have Gillis. But, like, outside of that, I think they're going to have some problems. And I think FAU will expose their problems because they actually have somebody who can match up with Zach Edie. Uh, and I, I think FAU goes to the Sweet 16. Yeah, I think we saw a little bit of sorry, that. Sorry I took that one away from you, Reese. I didn't know I we'd have the same thing. I That's think we good. saw a little bit of that vulnerability in Purdue in the tournament a little bit. I don't think, especially in the game against Ohio State, that game was really close for a lot longer than it probably should have been. And I think the reason why was because Purdue uh, didn't really have anybody hitting their shots except for Zach Eady. But if Fletcher Lawyer and and uh, Braden Smith can, can get their three-point shot going, I mean, that's going to be a tough out for anybody. Um, but in March, it's all about guard play. So you can have a big – Illinois had a big last year. Um, it's it's just about that guard play if the guards are going to carry you. Reese, um, obviously you agree with Jay on the Florida Atlantic pick. Is there anybody else in that top part of the bracket that you are just – you're you're certain of is going to exit early that, that we haven't talked about yet? Yeah, this is my – this is my upset – bracket right here i have i have purdue winning that that first game but i have a losing to fau so i have fau beating memphis and then i have oral roberts um going to the sweet 16 against against fau so i can, can get on board we could I have a 9 12 I, I i could get on board with it bro oral roberts beat my buckeyes i'm still wounded i'm dude. still i'm hurting still I Listen, can see it happen. Max Acemus somehow is still underrated. I don't understand how you can still underrate this guy. He's also like 35. Right. I don't care. So is Stetson <laughs> Bennett, and they won the national championship. Right. Right. This COVID year is really like throwing everything off for me. I feel like he's been there for like right. 15 years. Well, a lot of these I, guys uh, have been. I think Louisiana beats Tennessee in this in this bracket as well. Dude, if I'm being honest. Did you steal my bracket? Well, so we're literally so we're literally okay. So Purdue wins in the first round, but then they lose to Florida Atlantic. Reese has got Oral Roberts beating Duke. I know Jalen is a big Duke fan, and for good reason because I mean not a Duke fan, but he's a fan of this team right now, uh, just because they're they're winning and they're playing their best basketball yeah. at the right time. I think I want to get behind the Oral Roberts upset because I think. They can make some noise. And it's I, fun I, to hate Duke. I I just think, like, I, I I could make a case that Duke is the hottest team in the bracket right now. Like, I, I could very well make this case that, like, they're, they are playing the best basketball out of anybody in this tournament. I think the Alabama they, is pretty hot right now. Yeah, but, Ala, but Alabama's been consistently good. That's the difference. Like, like... Duke has had their ups and downs. Like, my fear with Alabama is they've had no adverse. I mean, they've had some adversity off-court issues this year. But, like, on-court-wise, like, they haven't really had to go through anything. So that's my fear with Alabama. Duke has played horrible, and they've bounced back. They're, like, 14-2 and in their last 16 games. Yeah. I think if Oral Roberts gets past Duke, I think they make noise. But – I just 
I, I think they have a tough draw. I would love to see it. Like, I want every lower seed except for – no, Illinois is the nine. I want every lower seed to win their game. Like, that's right. just that's just how what, what I want to happen. It's obviously not going to happen. Okay, so um, let me let me ask you a hypothetical here then if we're both um, – That's so we're funny that to... you have Louisiana over Tennessee. Yeah, so – I've never been high on Tennessee this year. Okay, well, so they lost their point guard, which I think is yeah. huge. So we're looking at a 1, 9, 12, 13. Uh, if, you know, you guys are saying Florida Atlantic, you'd pick them over Purdue. So let's put Florida Atlantic, just hypothetically, let's put them in the Sweet 16. Who would you pick out of, since you're both high on Louisiana against Tennessee, Oral Roberts, Louisiana, who do you got winning that game? Oral Roberts. All right. Oral Roberts, Oral Roberts is Oral Roberts or FAU going to the Elite Eight? If that if that situation plays out, which team are you rolling with? Uh, the, one of the problems with Oral Roberts and uh, with FAU having a big is Oral Roberts does not have a lot of size, and, and that's the problem with most of these smaller schools is they're just not they just don't have the size. Um, so which which team do you think is is pulling that one out? Who's going to the lead eight out of that showdown of of higher seeds there? I got Oral Roberts. They're 18 and 0 in conference play. They, you could make an argument that they are the hottest team in basketball. Obviously, they don't have the strength of schedule that Duke has. So yeah. You, you could make that argument as well. I see, I see both arguments. But, I mean, even, even in their conference, like even in a, a mid-major conference, you don't go 18 and 0 if you're not legit. You know, and I, I think you could see a team like Oral Roberts with a strong backcourt. Spread it out, run the clock, and you know they 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 may run in transition as well. But I, yeah. I do think they they have the edge over FAU. I I like FAU a lot. Um, I don't like where FAU is is at. Um, I think you know, like I said earlier, I think they're underseeded. Um, but I, I do yeah. have Oral Roberts uh, beating FAU. All right, Jay. Hypothetically, I think one of I think one of the biggest things that. We don't need to talk about this, but one of the biggest L's of this season is Kevin O'Banner leaving Oral Roberts and going right. to Texas Tech. Dude, my man. Bro, if he was on this team, can you imagine? They were so good, man. He killed How incredible. He killed I, us. Yeah. They, they would be very, very, very good. Major L for his yeah. career. Major right. L. Real quick, I don't know. just give me real quick. FAU, just because okay. I want to be different than Reese for once. All right, there you go. Apparently you guys are too much alike right now. <laughs> yeah, we we're actually hiring another another guest if you uh, want to come on with some different opinions. No, uh, no, that's. I mean, it's good. I, I like that y'all are in unity about some things. Uh, you know, we see the same stuff all the time, and it's nice to see some of these upsets. Uh, let's move on to the bottom part of the bracket. we got to kind of speed some stuff up here. But uh, we'll talk about everybody's favorite team to root for, Kentucky. Uh, they are playing Providence, uh, Kansas State against Montana State. Michigan State plays USC, Marquette versus Vermont. I personally got Marquette going to the Final Four. I don't know what you all think. But uh, who anybody on this, this bottom half of the bracket that you feel like should be watching out for an upset? Real quick, let's do a quick. Please, hitter. for the love of God, Ed Cooley, 
beat Kentucky. Right. Everybody's rooting for that. Even Kentucky fans. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else? Reese? Yeah, I would I would say Providence. I, I think this side of the bracket is my most picks with the lower seeds winning outside of Providence beating Kansas. I think I have the higher seed winning every game. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. So Yeah, this is a pretty easy one. Kansas State wins, Michigan State. They have Tom Izzo. I think that's going to be a tough game, Marquette and Michigan State. I think Michigan, I think Marquette wins. Yeah, I think that's going to be a tough game for Marquette, though. Based on how I've I've watched Marquette a few times this year, I've obviously watched Michigan State quite a bit being in the Big Ten. Uh, I think Marquette matches up fairly well with them, and I think that they can still they can still do it. But beating Tom Izzo in March is always always a tough thing to do. Dangerous. So. We know all about that being at the Big Ten Conference. All right, well, let's move on to the Midwest bracket. And I, I really like this bracket. Um, I think there are some really good quality teams. Um, I think that, you know, in, a, in my bottom bracket, whatever I was that we just spoke about there in the, in the East region, every time I, I thought about who I should pick, I always came up with Marquette. Um, in the, in the bracket in the south, I always was like it's either between Alabama or Arizona for me. In the Midwest, I feel like there's quite a few teams that, that you could pick to make a run to the Final Four. Um, I'm interested to see what you guys think. Obviously, you got Houston as the one seed in that bracket. They're playing Northern Kentucky. You have Iowa playing Auburn, which please, 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 Auburn beat Iowa. There is very few teams that they I – dislike more than Iowa. Um, they won't. Then you got Miami playing Drake. You got Indiana, who's obviously a, a very good team playing Kent State, who I I know Reese is gonna is gonna give us some knowledge on Kent State. If you haven't listened to Reese's uh pre bracket podcast, go back and listen to that. There's some pretty good stuff in there, some more information about these teams individually. Obviously, disregard all the things he got wrong about teams that should be in there, uh, Rutgers. Um, so, just we can move on from that, but uh, there's some really good stuff in there about Kent State. So, anybody in this top half of the bracket that, that you're really intrigued with, that you feel like is going to make a good run, uh, obviously, Houston a very good team, consistent all year long. Uh, obviously suffered a, a defeat in their championship game. But anybody there that you guys are, are really excited about or could see making some noise? Jay? Somebody? Somebody? Um, anybody? I think uh, – I think Drake beats Miami. Okay. In the in the top part of this bracket, which clearly by Reese shaking his head, he has the exact same thing as I do. Um, all right, we're gonna start going to Reese because you keep stealing all of this thunder. I know, right? I know. All right, so stop think, talking. Stop talking now <laughs> before you ruin everything. Reese, go. Uh, yeah, I I have Drake winning. Um, I do have Kent State winning, and I have Kent, Kent State beating Drake, um, and then I do have them losing to Houston. Um. I, I really like Kent State. I think they could be a, a really good team. I think they could make a run. Um, outside of beating my Rockets, I think they've had a, a really respectable season. I hate to yeah. beat my Rockets, but, you know. Yeah. Jay, real quick, anything you want to add that Reese has not said already? 
No. Okay. All right. Now, those are the kind of answers we want to hear, okay? We want to hear from Reese. Stop stealing everything. Hey, I didn't talk, hey, I didn't right. talk first. I was waiting for him to talk, and then you called on me. <laughs> I'm just teasing, man. That's so funny. All right, so real quick, though. So who you guys coming out of that top part? Did you guys say? I'm sorry. I got I Houston. You got Houston, Jay. This pains me. Oh, he's going to say He's going to say it. He's going to do it. This pains me. This pains me to say. He's going to do it. I can't believe I'm it. I'm going to do it. And it, I'm sorry. I'm I can't sorry. can't believe it, bro. I think Indiana comes out of this. I knew right. you were going to say Indiana. <laughs> you know what really stinks is I picked Indiana too. I, I think I think Mark, listen, this is why. This is why. I think the Kent State-Indiana game is going to obviously be huge. Obviously, if Indiana loses, they're not my pick is voided. Right. I I don't I don't think it's Houston, and this is why. Marcus Sasser got injured. They canceled their media day, and I feel like it's worse than they're telling us. And that's a big deal for for Marcus Sasser to not be healthy. Even if it's a level one groin, that's at least two weeks. Yeah. That's like the normal time. And if it, and then if it's grade grade two to grade three. You're looking at like three to four weeks of recovery. That's huge, huge for Houston. Yeah. Look, I mean, look, look at Sunday. I mean, they got hammered by Memphis. The score was not indicative of the game. Like it, they got slaughtered against Memphis, right. and they pulled in. They pulled it back close towards the end of the game. But it pains me. It pains me to say. I think Indiana goes to the. Yeah, unfortunately, I picked Indiana to come out of that part of the Sorry, everybody. Well. Don't hate me. So, all right. Don't well, let's move on down to the bottom part of this bracket. A team that I really enjoy watching play basketball is Iowa State. They're going to play the winner of Mississippi State and Pitt. You got Xavier, which I think that second-round game has potential to be incredibly interesting between Iowa State and Xavier. Uh they're playing Kennesaw State. You got Texas A&M playing Penn State. Another game that we highlighted a little bit earlier that we feel like could end up being a really good game. Uh, Penn State, obviously, we know in the right moments can can really show out, hit some big shots. And then you got Texas versus uh, Colgate. So, anybody in those that section of the bracket you guys are interested? In? Yeah, I I have Colgate for the Sweet Sixteen against Xavier. I, I think they could beat Texas. What? I really do. Texas has looked what? better really? this season. I do. I do. Wow. Did you watch Colgate at all this year? What? Did you Jake. watch Colgate? Did you watch? Only Colgate time I've seen year? Colgate is whenever I I brush my teeth. No, that's not Jake. true. That's not true. I I watched them in their championship game, and I I really like Colgate. Scores a lot can, of points, man. I can actually I can actually say. Colgate is one of three or four teams that I have not watched in this bracket. So they could surprise a lot of people. It wouldn't shock hey, me. Hey, I know more wins. about Colgate than Jalen. Let's go. I, I think I think Texas. I thought they could sneak in as a one seed, but I don't think they had quite the strength of scale. I think they. It's 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 a weird case. They could be underrated, but they also could be overrated. Like I don't know how to feel about Texas. 
they've had such an up and down season. Like, I, I don't know how to feel about it. That's fair. Okay. Listen, okay. I, I, I could see them being the team that I hope you're wrong. At. I hope you're wrong because Texas is in my final four. So I really, <laughs> I really hope you're wrong. I think that that's, means. I think that's the 15 and two game that, that could be like that. That's a bracket buster right there. I think that that's the one, if you're going to pick one, a 15, two game, I think that could be it. I understand. Right. I understand we're running on, running up on some time here. I need you to explain why you say Colgate over Texas. I, I, there's no actual explanation. I just really like Colgate. There's no like matchup that so, you see that you're like, Oh, like, okay. Yeah. It's, it's not about just a gut it's not a player matchup. It's just like, I've watched a couple Colgate games and I've watched a couple Texas games and I think it could be a good game. And I think Colgate could pull it off. All right. All right. Well, so this is giving you like Lehigh Duke vibes is what you're telling us. Exactly. Right. Right. That's a hot take. Well, well I do feels... think I do think the Texas A&M and Penn State is going to be the best game of the first round. I agree. Okay. I do think I th- that – I mean, I, I think Penn State's going to win. I obviously have Penn State losing to Texas because Texas is my final four pick. But I think the Texas A&M and Penn State game is going to be the best game of the first round. Hey, let's obviously, like, barring, like, last-second buzzer, like, obviously take – like, I'm talking about the most competitive game start to end is going to – I think it's going to be Texas A&M and Penn State. Let's be real. You've always been a, a Texas lover. You've always loved. He has been, I bro. Been, He's I always been. loved Texas. I just I've watched Texas a lot this year, and I think, and and this is maybe even leading us into the second part of the conversation. Like, Texas is a great team, and I mean Illinois beat them, which is props Illinois. Like, Texas is to me they're they're one of the most well rounded teams. In this bracket, I, they I have, could see them making the final four as well. Like I, I, I could see either. They're long. They're athletic. They have Serge Jabari Rice coming off of the bench. Like, what? Like, d- dude is a starter on ninety-five percent of Power Five school teams. Like, like he's phenomenal when he comes off. The, like, I just they're they're great. They they have a great backcourt. They have a strong front court. They have size. They have length. Beating Kansas uh, twice in a week is a is a pretty good indicator. Beating Kansas handedly, yeah. handily, right? In a yeah. in a the I mean, granted, I understand like Bill Self not being there is huge. Like I I like that's right. a huge huge thing. Like we're talking about a Hall of Fame coach. Like that's a big deal. But I mean, they slaughtered Kansas in the Big Twelve Championship. Right. That's interesting. That's a whoo. So I, I don't have a whole lot of a, a strong opinions about the bracket, particularly because I, I haven't watched a, a ton of all of these teams. Um, obviously, your bigger schools, I've, I've watched some. But a team that I really, really like is is Iowa State, man. I could see Iowa State, especially if Colgate beats Texas. I could see Iowa State, the winner of Iowa State or Xavier, making it to the Final Four. With Houston having injury problems, uh, I think Indiana's a beatable team. Um, I think Texas has shown that they're beatable at times. I just think that 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 matchup between Iowa State and Xavier could 
end up being really huge for either one of those two teams. I can see Iowa State legitimately making a run to the Final Four um, just because do, of the way they play defense. I do think Houston has the toughest road for a one seed. Hands well, especially, down. Like, especially with injury problems as well. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's get headed on to the next part of the bracket. And uh, we've, we've taken up quite a bit of time. I know we're, we're going to go a little bit longer on this podcast, but obviously you'll understand that there was just so much going on. So I hope you all are, are going to stay with us through this. Um, we haven't even talked about the worst part for all of you to endure yet, and we're getting ready to touch on it right now in this bottom bracket in the West. We have Kansas playing Howard, which we've talked a little bit about. Obviously, Bill Self being back coaching the team. That's definitely going to help them, and we don't we don't know if that's um, apparently we don't know if that's going to happen in the first round. Is that what you guys were saying a little bit ago? I thought he was back. You, is there a source saying he's not going to be back for the first round, Reese? Uh, I think he will be back. Okay, I thought earlier you had said you know potentially I mean, him not being there would help or hurt Howard hurt them against. They're playing Howard. Howard, so does it really matter if he's there or not? Right, right, but. Um, as long as he's going to be back, I think they're going to be – I mean, I think they're going to be just fine anyways. Um, and then you got a, a really good game against pretty similar teams in Arkansas, in Illinois. you got St. Mary's, um, which is a very interesting team to me as well, uh, can can play really well. And then just in their game against Gonzaga in their championship game, they just got bull rushed. So um, St. Mary's definitely likes to slow the pace down and be deliberate on offense against a very good defensive team in VCU that really likes to put pressure uh, pressure on the ball all the way up the floor. You got UConn. You got Iona. This is a really, really interesting part of the bracket for me. Um, I know you guys obviously being big Illinois fans, you know, you got, you got high hopes or – in some cases, some low hopes or whatever. Um, but I'm interested to see what you guys think about this bracket. I feel like this one could end up going quite a bit of ways. So uh, we'll start with with Jalen on this one. And uh, let's try to keep the Illinois talk to a minimum. Never. I'm just kidding. We don't have to do that. No, so um, I, I think. But go uh, ahead and let me know what you think, man. I think I, I I think VCU beat St. Mary's. I think the Iona UConn game is interesting to me because there's rumors that Patino's jumping ship and going to the Big East, so that's that's an interesting dynamic to me. I think UConn wins, uh, but I think that's a tough draw for UConn. Um, obviously Kansas wins. The Arkansas Illinois game is really interesting to me, and this is why. And and this is if you've watched college basketball all this year, like you you know this. This is like the I read an article today. This is like the they called it the the floor and ceiling game, in the sense of like these are the two teams in college basketball that like they've played really really bad and they've played really really good. And they have potential to be top a three seed in this tournament if they played up to their potential all year. And neither of them did. 
So this game is really, it's really interesting. It's intriguing to me that they're a matchup together. I think Illinois wins. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an Illinois fan. I'm, I'm really, truly not just saying that. Uh, I think Illinois beats Arkansas. I think it's close. I think we end up pulling away towards the end. Uh, Arkansas had a really horrible time in the SEC tournament, just like with some things that happened at the end of their game. And I think that really like threw them off, so to be honest with you. And I think, I think it's going to – Huh? I said so did Illinois in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, after the game, like, Arkansas had, like, some run-ins with, like, the refs and the fans. And, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like AD came out and, like, said some things. And, like, the coaches, like, I, 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 like it's just, I don't know, it's just weird to me, like, that they have, like, some of that extracurricular activity, like, off the court. Yeah, I and, mean, like, they had a horrible SEC tournament, as did Illinois. Like, Illinois played, like, trash against Penn State. Like, Illinois didn't play good. Um. This is me being an Illinois fan. I think Illinois beats Kansas. And I know like that's reckless to say. I, I know that's reckless to say. Kansas is vulnerable. Kansas had a spat in the December, uh, even towards the end of the season, where like they looked vulnerable. They were vulnerable. They looked bad. And I think... Illinois somehow pulls it all together and makes it to the Sweet 16. And that's me saying that because I'm an Illinois fan. The realistic basketball person in me says there's absolutely no way that Illinois even beats Arkansas. But the Illinois fan in me cannot go down that route. Well, I think when you're talking about, you know, an 8-9, obviously those are – the closest seeded games, you know, um, those games are generally toss-ups. And with these two teams being very similar, like you hinted to, two teams that probably played way below potential this season had ups and downs. Uh, I think it's perfectly reasonable to expect Illinois to to pull that game out. I think, I mean, personally, whatever team comes out and plays Kansas, I think it's just going to run into a buzzsaw. Um, that's just my opinion. I think Kansas is a really, really good basketball team. And I think, like you guys had hinted, their coach not being there through the tournament definitely had some effect. Um, and we've seen teams before get a wake-up call in their conference tournament and, and come out really hot in March. And I think – or not Kentucky, I'm sorry. Kansas is just is a very, very good basketball team. Uh, Reese – what do you think, buddy? Uh, give me some stuff before you get to your Illinois, because I know you got some strong opinions about that. But I want to hear uh, just real quick, and then I'll, I'll just let you go uh, about some of these other teams. VCU St. Mary's game to me is is very very interesting, very contrast styles there. Um, what do you think about some of these other matchups before we get into Illinois Arkansas that that interest you? Yeah, I think obviously Kansas beats beats Howard. Um, I do think VCU beats St. Mary's. I think St. Mary's is overrated. Obviously, we saw, I mean, they got absolutely exposed against Gonzaga. I don't think that's a total indication of where they're at as a team. Um, I think, realistically, I think they're more along that 7 to 10 seat line. Um, I do think VCU beats them. VCU started out kind of under the radar, 
and then they ended up beating. Um, I mean, I mean, they're obviously the best team in that Atlantic Ten, but um, you know, beating teams like they did. Um, St. Louis started out as kind of the mid-major that was kind of like really under the radar that was probably going to make the tournament. And VCU just, I mean, they, they just came out of the gate uh, swinging against against SLU. So I, I do have VCU. Um, I do like Iona against UConn. Um, I can't stand Rick Pitino. I never have, but I also don't like UConn that much. So I'm going to go I, Iona um, there. And then I do have uh, Illinois beating Arkansas as well. Um, and then since Jay submitted my bracket for me, I do have Illinois beating Kansas as well. <laughs> All right, man, go ahead. I'll, I'll give you the floor for just a few minutes, and I want you to, to give us your reasons why um, you feel like your team, I know how important it is to be able to talk about your team, and and I would be doing the same thing if it were my Buckeyes. So go ahead, give me a few minutes, man, about what you think Illinois needs to do to to be productive and to make a run in this tournament. Um, go ahead, Jay. What? Real quick, Reese. Jordan, do you have the Buckeyes going far in the NIT or no? They didn't go. They decided oh, okay. not to play it. Oh, they're too good for it? They literally just decided not to play in it. So I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. All I know is, all I know is, my Buckeyes beat your Illini, and they had a, a better Big Ten tournament than your Illini by far. Um, so we're gonna move on. I'm Sounds being nice like to y'all. Sounds to me. I'm being nice to y'all tonight. I haven't been a hater at all, and you guys are coming at me. Reese, go ahead, man. While Jalen interrupted, I have not been a hater on this podcast. Go ahead and give me your Illinois, uh, your Illinois takes. What do they need to do? To, to make it happen in the tournament. Yeah, I haven't done my full analysis on, on Arkansas yet. I, I would go matchup by matchup. I haven't been there yet. I will say my first – I just saw this stat today. Illinois ranks in the bottom 25 nationally in minutes continuity from last year, meaning they have the least amount of carryover minutes from their team last year. They lost – I think uh, the stat was like 89% of their scoring from last year. Right, they uh, lost so, Kofi. Yeah, they Trent. lost – they Plumber. lost the heart of this team. Like, I mean, they, they really did. So having guys come in with, with Terrence Shannon, uh, Dane Danger, Matthew Meyer, those three guys really were kind of the centerpiece of where that scoring was going to come from. And then uh, Sky Clark was supposed to, you know, kind of be the the facilitator of it all. Um, and I, it's so hard to tell because we got such a small sample size. I do think Illinois looks like a better team without Sky Clark. And it's hard to tell because he did leave so early in the season. We can't tell, you know, how they would have gelled. Um, we were saying it was going to take, you know, a long time. And it would be February before we started to see the best in this team. So I, I think what has to happen is I, I think Illinois actually played very well against Penn State. I think against Penn State, it just comes down to matchups. And they just didn't have the, the roster that it takes to be a team like Penn State. I don't think Arkansas is that team, though. I, I don't think they're a Penn State type team. I'll, I'll jump in real quick here. I don't think Illinois played well against Penn State for this reason. I don't – I think they went away from good offense, and we've seen it time and time again with this Illinois team where they fall in love with the three. And I saw in, this, in the beginning of the second half, you had Dane Danger and Coleman Hawkins – we're just absolutely dominating 
in the paint. Um, they got the ball. They started feeding the ball into the post. And then at some point, I don't know if it was Brad Underwood. I don't know if it was the players just getting away from it or what. But everybody, all their bigs ended up above the free throw line. And I thought they went away. So I don't know if that's coaching or if that's the players. Yeah. But I, I thought for sure it was like, man, dude, that wasn't their best. That wasn't their best game. That wasn't that wasn't the guy. That wasn't the team that was going to win that game. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's yeah. bad game planning or if that was bad execution on the players' part. Here's but, what I'll say, though. I did go back and I watched it. I wanted to see exactly when they went away from it. And what actually happened was Penn State started cheating on that. They made some defensive adjustments, and it, they, they totally took that play away from Illinois. Now, I, I hear what you're saying. Illinois should have adjusted to make that work. There were right. some openings where it could have could have worked. And we know Brad Underwood's biggest flaw is making in-game adjustments. And in March, you have to be able to make those adjustments. I'm still holding on to the hope, and I know this is me being the unrealistically optimistic Illinois fan, but I really do like Brad Underwood. I'm not I'm not out on Brad Underwood. I know a lot of Illinois fans are, are calling for his job and everything. I think that's absolutely insane to call for this guy's job. Um, I do think Brad Underwood is is the coach for Illinois. Against Penn State, they they were cheating over. Um, they they stopped that that low post game um, at the free throw line, and so I think Illinois was kind of forced to go back to what they've been when they don't play well, which is you play outside in. Right. When Illinois plays inside out, they play much me, better. To me, they look like the most all-around team in the Big Ten. I know I'm not saying they're as good as Purdue. Purdue is clearly the best team in the Big Ten, no questions asked. But Illinois, from, from top to bottom, looked like the most complete roster. And I think Illinois could do that against a team like Arkansas and, and Kansas. Um, yeah. I do think Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer both have the experience in March. Um, I think, you know, as weird as Matthew Meyer can be, um, I, I, I do think he's going to hit. You know, we've seen him struggle. I think he's just going to hit hit his stride. And I think Terrence Shannon's going to take over. Um, this is kind of preview to next year, but I did read a report also that, that Terrence Shannon may be returning, maybe using his COVID year. Um, he's not going to go as high in the draft as, as they thought. Um, but I, I know I'm being recklessly optimistic, but I really do like where this Illinois team is at. Um, I could also see them getting bounced in the first round. Right. I think real quick, and we'll, we'll move on. Um, I think if Illinois is going to make a run, Terrence Shannon has got to be clearly the best player on the floor. And I think at times you have seen that. Um, at times he can take over a game. I was at a game earlier this season where he scored 15 points in like the first five minutes of the game. And it was just like, he's just running things. He's, he's running the offense and everybody plays better when Terrence Shannon is going because they know that he's, he's got him, you know, they, and he, we've seen him come up clutch in big moments. My only problem with Terrence Shannon is again, I don't know if it's coaching, if it's poor execution, but there's times where he just goes several minutes without getting a touch and and that's very uncommon for a guard to not get a touch um so i think tara chan is going to have to have a big big tournament and obviously matthew meyer's got to be big time but he's so clutch dude i hate it because it's like i just don't want to root for him because he's like proud that he got you know uh caffeine poisoning like that interview is like 
dude, you're such a dork getting up there being all happy about getting, you know, getting caffeine poisoning. Like, I don't even want to root for you, you know, but uh, he's, he's always coming up clutch. And I think an X factor could end up being RJ Melendez. I think he's had some really big moments uh, for this Illinois team. And that, that two handed dunk that he does off the baseline is just a beautiful thing to watch. So, um, I'm excited to see what Illinois does, honestly. I mean, I think they're going to – I don't think they're going to beat Kansas. I could see them beating Arkansas, but like you guys said, I could also see them losing to Arkansas. Uh, but I said in our group text earlier, you know, I would be more likely to pick Illinois over Kansas than Illinois over Arkansas just because this team plays to the level of their competition. Um, so Jalen obviously doesn't agree with me. He's He's very upset. Just just laying back listening to me right now. He's offended at my take there. But um, so, yeah, so let's go ahead. Who do you guys have uh, making Elite Eight out of that group? Real Illinois. Quick. Illinois, UCLA. Yeah, Illinois, UCLA. Well, we haven't even talked about the bottom part of the bracket yet. Spoiler Reese has UCLA. All right, let's move. To it. Yeah, there you go. All right, so let's move to the bottom I of the bracket. I actually have TCU. Okay. Well, we are just getting on. So uh, TCU plays Arizona State, Nevada, whoever wins that game out of the first four. You got Gonzaga versus Grand Canyon, Northwestern versus Boise State, UCLA versus UNC Asheville. Reese is taking UCLA. Jalen is taking TCU. We will see you next time on the Gold to Goat podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, just, I'm teasing. Uh, so I think this is also really interesting. I think I like Gonzaga as a three seed. Um, I think that they can they can do some damage. Obviously, you just never know what's going to happen with Gonzaga. I think uh, them not being a one seed probably helps them a little bit here, uh, not having the pressure of having to live up to that. Um, uh, UCLA, I really like UCLA. I've watched them play a handful of times this year, but they're without uh, one of their key players uh, that got injured in the tournament, uh, one of the best defenders on their team and, and in the country. So um, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, what ends up happening with UCLA and the injuries that they got going on there. So Jay has TCU. Um, so since we know who both of you have, I'll just go ahead and ask the question we all want to know. Why? Why have you picked those particular teams? And is there is there a double-digit seed? If there was going to be an upset, is there a double-digit seed in this part of the bracket that you guys feel like has potential to make that upset? Yes. Yes. This, this may shock you. Okay. Don't say it. Don't say it. He's going to say it. Grand Canyon, isn't he? I have Grand Canyon over Gonzaga. <laughs> Listen, I... I, I don't know why. I love mid-majors this year. It's just kind of like from the get-go, like I was just all in on these mid-majors. I've never been high on Drew Timmy or the Zags at all this year. Bro, Drew Timmy's not going to let them lose to Green Canyon. Listen. Drew Timmy is, is quite possibly the most unathletic person I've ever seen shoot a basketball in my life. He is, bro. But the man gets And I'm putting me in that conversation, too. Dude, Hunter Dickinson annoys me. That guy, is it, okay, real quick, is it just me, or does he literally commit an offensive foul every time he touches the ball? Like, with his off arm. 
I swear he just moves guys out of the way with his off he's arm. A, like it's he's it's got to be an offensive foul every single time. He's real. But awkward. anyways, they're not even in the tournament. We don't even talk about Michigan yeah, ever right. on this podcast ever. Um, being an Ohio State fan, being Illinois fans, we will try to refrain as much as possible from talking about Michigan ever. So okay, back to the bracket. Um, I forget what we talked. Oh, Grand Canyon Gonzaga. Okay, Reese, why do you feel like that is a possibility, my man? It's another one of those picks, man. I I don't know, bro. What are you eating? What's wrong with your gut? Dude, listen, here's the deal. Every year when I when I fill out my bracket, I'm always like deep in the analytics. I'm trying to figure out these matchups, like you know, which for the record is the most for the likely. record, how do you usually do on your bracket? Horrible. Okay. All right. Cool. So I decided so like, this so year. So just like the rest of us. So I decided this year. Forget that. Forget that. I don't know what. We, we can't read that sign, Jalen. So whatever you're trying to, to pass along to us, we, we can't read that. Your chicken scratch is not, you know. Listen, I I just decided I'm going to go with my gut this year. I have no no reason to back this up. I just – maybe it's my hate for Gonzaga. I just yeah. I can't stand Gonzaga. But Yeah. All right, Jay, you got anything, buddy? You got any double-digit seeds that you could see making some noise? Obviously, you picked TCU to um, come out of that section. What is the reasoning there for that? We can't see that either, dude. I don't know what you're trying to tell everybody. Um, this is a podcast. It's not it nobody can see the video. reckless. Reckless. Why is it two lines? Because <laughs> I wrote it too big. Okay. Um, All right. No, I think I think like I think Gonzaga wins. I think they lose to TCU. Uh, I I know I was I still think the Mountain West is trash, but I think yeah. Boise State beats Northwestern. Mm. I, I I I also just hate Northwestern. I also can't stand yeah. Boo. So like I hope they lose. Yeah, he's dropping a forty piece on him. He is. He's, he's, the, he's go, the only reason he Northwestern. He's the only reason Northwestern's going to win. If he doesn't play well, they lose. If he plays out of his mind, they win. So I did pick Boise State there. Okay. UCLA is good. UCLA is yeah. really good. Um, which is another reason as to why I think Illinois is going to do well, because when Illinois is clicking, they can beat UCLA, which we've seen. Um, however, I think TCU wins. I think I think TCU goes to um, the Elite Eight. And two reasons. One, they play in the toughest conference in college basketball. And two, they have Mike Miles Jr. I think TCU goes to the Elite Eight. Okay. So and, UCLA. I think it's a, and I think it's a big, big deal that Jalen Clark is hurt for UCLA. That's what I was saying earlier. Big Jaylen, thing. Jalen Clark, UCLA. you know, is, is a big deal. They're all, their big man also had a, a, a shoulder injury as well. The, the only reason that you – well, one of the only reasons I think that you – that game was close. I, I picked TCU. I, I think I can see UCLA winning. 
Yeah. If UCLA wins that, it's going to be because of their experience. This team is the same team for UCLA that went from the first four all the way to the final four. Like, they have experience. They know how to win. Uh they're, they're, they mesh well together. They have yeah. Tyre Campbell who leads them. Jaime Jaquez can score. Like, If they win, it's going to be because of their experience. Yeah, I picked TCU. All right, so we got a few minutes here. Real quick, I want you all to just, you know, no analysis. Just give me your four teams. Who are your, your final four teams? Uh, and then tell me who you got making the, the championship game. And who oh, wait, I lied. I lied. I lied. I have UCLA beating TCU. Okay. I'm all sorry. Right. After all of that. After all of that, I did have UCLA winning. Wow. Okay, so they both got UCLA. This is the Gold to Go podcast. We will talk to you later. No. Uh, <laughs> all right, Reese, give me your Final Four, your championship game, and who you got winning it. In my Final Four, I have Marquette beating Charleston and Houston being UCLA. I do have Marquette winning it all. Charleston, I do. Charleston in the final four. I do. All right, so give me give me those four again, real fast. Charleston versus Marquette, Houston, okay. UCLA, Houston, UCLA. All right, and then you have uh, Marquette playing who? Houston, Houston, and Marquette winning it all. Jay, what is your uh, based off of your response? I know you do not have Charleston. Um, yeah, so I have, Alab- I have Alabama, Marquette, Texas, and UCLA. Okay. And then I have Bama and UCLA, and then I have UCLA winning it all. Okay. I had, uh, just real quick, and my bracket means nothing because I'm totally guessing, um, but I had Arizona – playing Marquette, and I had Iowa State making it to the Final Four and playing UCLA. I had UCLA make it to the championship game, UCLA beating Marquette in the championship game. So, all right, well, that was a lot, y'all. That was quite a bit. Um, I'm sure we're going to be towards, you know, middle part of this week when these games start start going off. We're going to be talking a lot about it um, on the next on the next episode uh, just just giving everybody kind of our reactions to those games. Uh, we may do we may do something where we have the guys jump on by themselves or something like that just to try to get as much of a an instant reaction as possible. Um, Come back next Monday when we're all so depressed and our brackets are torn to shreds. Right, right. When when nobody has any Final Four teams left, I'm gonna have the perfect bracket. So the only the only team that we all have in the final four is Marquette. Is that correct? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So all right, well, hey, y'all. Hey, real quick, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. We have to um we do have to announce the um the bracket challenge that we're doing. Yeah, go ahead, man. Take that away because you, you put all that together. Yeah, so we are doing a bracket challenge for goal to go. It is called goal to the final four um oh that's a I good think. name thank you i thought so too look at that, that look clutch. at that marketing that goal yeah, to the so fi- look at that marketing right there yeah go ahead bro the, go ahead the, the password is goal the number two and goat all one word no spaces 
um, capital G's on both of those. Goal to GOAT. Um, again, that's goal to the final four. And then the password is capital G-O-A-L. The number two, G-O-A-T. Capital G on the GOAT. Capital yes. G. So. And there will be some type of prize. We're, we're still we're working on it. We're working on it. So. All right, well, that was quite a bit of, of basketball talk here tonight. Obviously, when you got those many, those many. Wow, that was such a great sentence. Um, when when you have that many matchups and, and different things to talk about, different injuries and different kinds of things like that, obviously it takes quite a bit of time. So hopefully you all stuck with us through the whole thing. And, and obviously we try not to be this long very often, but we wanted to make sure that we could get all this done in one podcast and – I'm sure later on this week we're going to be talking more specifically about um, as we get to fewer matchups, we can do a little bit more in-depth analysis as we get into the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight and those kinds of things. So hopefully this was helpful to y'all. I hope it, you you found it interesting. And these are just our takes. We enjoy uh, we enjoy just being fans of sports and and just just talking about it. And uh, we're just like all of you, just hoping to get it right and and just have a good time. Uh, sometimes guessing, uh, sometimes the guess is more educated than others. And sometimes it's just a gut feeling. So, uh, but that's March Madness. That's the beauty of the tournament. That's why we love it so much is anybody can be anybody on any given day. And, and we just live for, uh, live for the upsets unless it's your team. So it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So we hope that y'all enjoy the first part of the tournament. We got the first four coming up over the next couple of days. Um, a couple interesting matchups in there that we talked about tonight. Um, so if you all enjoyed this, go ahead and just leave a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, if there's anything that we you feel like we could do better, we, we're just trying it. You know, this is – I don't even think we've hit 10 episodes yet. Um, so we're just – we're learning as we go, y'all. So uh, we love we love constructive criticism, and, and we love to, to be – of an interest and obviously later this week we'll talk some more NFL free agency and that kind of thing as well. So we also at some point got to talk about our Cubbies because they are playing some really, really good baseball right now in spring training. So Hayden was Hayden Wisniewski's back there just throwing K's, bro. And uh maybe at some point we can talk about a little bit of World Baseball Classic too. We got old Cubs making some big plays, Javi Bias. Pretty nice swim swim move slide today if you haven't seen it go look it up that was I dirty did see i did see i know we got in i did see puerto rico just threw a combined no hitter the first in the world baseball classic but they all they did it in eight innings though mercy rule right is that crazy though like you threw a like a perfect game but it was only eight innings like don't you kind of feel like you just wanted to pitch the ninth you know yeah like just let us play it man because it kind yeah. of feels like asterisk next to it that that you didn't get to finish it out All right, anyways, we're rambling on about some other stuff. Let's just go ahead and let's shut this bad boy down. Uh, We love you all. Thank you for listening. Um, Like I said, give us a review. Give us a like, all those different things. That helps us out. Let us know what you think. Uh, This is the Gold to Goat podcast, and we will see you all next time. Good luck this March.